0: Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. Looking for easy care, tasty, cool season vegetables to plant now? Well, look no further than all the nutritious green leafy crops that love the fall weather. Today, we're talking the basics for growing lettuce, spinach, chard, cabbage, Chinese greens, and kale with great growing advice from a master gardener and a vegetable expert. And we're introducing a new segment to the show, Fabulous Fruit Friday. We'll be showcasing each Friday a tasty variety of fruit that you'll be able to grow in your own yard. And that fruit's going to have a taste that beats anything found in a grocery store. Plus, tips for growing your backyard orchard. We'll be talking with fruit tree expert Ed Livo from TomorrowsHarvest.com. And we're going to do it all in under 30 minutes. Welcome to fall. Welcome to Garden Basics with Farmer Fred. Let's get started. Do you want your family to eat healthy year-round? Well, you know that the healthiest, freshest foods are the fruits and vegetables that you grow yourself. And in many areas of the West and the South, basically USDA zones 7, 8, and 9, the 365-day vegetable garden is easy to achieve. And now is the time for getting those transplants and maybe even some seeds for your vegetables that your family will enjoy all fall and winter and maybe even into next spring if the weather cooperates. We're talking with Sacramento County Master Gardener and Vegetable Expert Gail Pothour. And Gail, there's a lot of easy, easy vegetables one can grow this time of year. And what's nice when you grow them this time of year, you don't have to worry too much about irrigation if you get regular rain and you don't have to worry too much about it overtaking your garden because most of them are well mannered.
1: Absolutely. Um, And that's something I always look forward to after I am tired of A lot of heat during the summer, and my summer crops are looking pretty ragged, is taking them out, kind of replenish the soil a bit, put in a little compost and some fertilizer, and then start my cool season crops, which we can do late summer, early fall. And they like to grow when the soil is still warm, and in late summer, early fall, the soil is still warm, and then they mature when it's in the cooler part of the year, so either you know, November, December, if it's a shorter um, harvest time for that particular crop or some of them overwinter, And we can harvest them here in the Sacramento area, late winter, early spring.
0: And what's nice is a lot of the cool season vegetables we're going to be talking about mature rather quickly, 40, 50, 60 days. So in two months time, you can actually be growing a, a fairly substantial garden. And even if you live in a colder climate, if you have a cold frame, that's a great way to go. Uh, it's a raised bed with wood sides that have a translucent top that's hinged. It can be made out of mm-hmm. glass it's or angled. Angled, right? Uh, facing mm-hmm. south. Uh, glass, polyethylene, fiberglass. It's an instant cold frame for your winter vegetables uh, from uh, protection from low temperatures, or maybe in our case, protection from heavy wind or rain if it gets in, to be a downpour.
1: And what I do with my cold frame, um, I will usually plant my lettuce in a cold frame because we can get some pretty cold um, temperatures in the wintertime and then I can give them that added protection by closing the lid. But then I also, when I have it open during the day, I stretch a piece of screen across to keep insects out. Because some of the cool season crops are magnets for loopers and other caterpillars that, that will eat the foliage and aphids and things like that. So I use mine two ways as a frost protection or cold protection. And then also with the lid up, but screen across for insect protection.
0: Well, that's a good idea, too. But what's nice, too, is that a lot of insects uh, take the winter off. But still, yes, there are aphids. There's not usually as many white flies as usual. But, yeah, I have been seeing that, that cabbage looper moth flitting around the yard. So I know the eggs are getting laid.
1: Yeah, so there's the cabbage looper that does get on quite a few of the cool season crops. The imported cabbage worm is is um, tends to stick to brassicas, which are uh, in the cabbage family, kale and and broccoli and cauliflower and those sorts of things. And the butterfly is flitting around now, laying her eggs on um, anything that her young would want to eat. And they can strip leaves pretty quickly. So having some kind of protection for especially the brassicas, if you're going to grow mustard or kale or broccoli, even radishes, they're in the same family, is having some sort of protection to keep her from laying eggs and other insects from coming on. And so you can use floating row cover, um, which is pretty lightweight. You could actually lay it right over the young plants. Or what I like to do is use PVC pipe and make hoops over the my raised bed. And then I can support the agribond, the floating row cover over that. So it gives it more of a tunnel effect rather than just laying right on it. And that's, really helpful for a little bit of frost protection as well if i need to do that but mostly it's for insects
0: yeah that's a that's a very good tip in fact i would suggest anybody who plants a new fall garden now get row cover and just place it over that area it might even uh, save it from snails
1: right and then what i also use the floating row cover for if i have an old piece that maybe isn't has seen a better day is when i'm planting something like carrots or beets that Take a while to germinate and the soil needs to be kind of consistently moist. So the fill germinate. I will lay a piece of that floating row cover down on top of the soil and wet that. And then that tends to keep the soil a little moisture. It doesn't dry out quite so quickly.
0: Now, the question for gardeners is, do you start from seed or do you go to the nursery and buy transplants? And I think if you're a beginning gardener, the easiest thing to do is go buy transplants, because sometimes some of these seeds can be a little tricky to germinate.
1: That's quite true. Some things you need to give them kind of a treatment, a soaking treatment or to a little scarification where you'll nick it in order for it to hydrate better. Um, But some of the cool season crops are a little bit tricky to germinate. Lettuce is one. I, I can grow a lot of things from seed. I have a greenhouse and all that. I cannot get lettuce to germinate. I'm on my third bout right now (laughs) trying to germinate a six pack of lettuce. So it can be a little tricky. Carrots take a long time to germinate. Um, You would typically grow carrots from seed. You won't grow that from transplants. But for a beginner gardener, I would say, yes, go to a a good nursery, get a six-pack of whatever it is you want to grow. Make sure that the plants are not too large for the container that it's in. It's not really a good idea to have plants that are root-bound because some of the cool-season crops – get stressed if their roots get messed with or if they're too old when they go in. So if it's in a little six-inch pot or a little six-pack, which the, the cells are pretty narrow, and it's a pretty tall plant, uh, it's probably gonna be root bound. So look for smaller plants that look sturdy, look healthy, they're not yellow, and that wouldn't
0: be root bound. Don Shore from Redwood Barn Nursery in Davis gave us a good tip along that line in that if you buy a six pack and you know you're not going to be planting it that day, get yourself some four inch containers and a bag of potting soil and just transplant each of those out of the six pack into its own four inch container with soil. And that way it'll become a stronger plant and it'll be ready for you and it'll be more vigorous for you when you go to plant it in a week or two.
1: Yeah, that is a good tip, and that's actually what I do when I do start things from seed. I'll start them in a six-pack, so I have um, some cabbage and things right now that are in a six-pack, and I will take those out, put them in a four-inch pot, let them continue to grow out, get stronger and, uh, you know, a little bit more mature. Not over-mature, but get a little bit stronger before I actually put them in the into my garden.
0: All right, let's start naming some names here for some cool season vegetables that uh, one can plant now throughout a wide area of the United States. And let's start off with lettuce. It, lettuce is easy to grow. It matures in 40 to 50 days. In fact, you can even uh, snip it off when it's smaller or just harvest the outer leaves and uh, you can have a like a forever lettuce patch just about. The only thing I would suggest... The only thing I would suggest, though, is that you buy loose leaf lettuce varieties and not the head lettuce varieties like iceberg.
1: Correct. Iceberg tends to not do that well, at least in our climate. It's a longer growing season. And sometimes uh, with our weather, the head doesn't really firm up like you uh, would want it to, like the kind that you buy at the grocery store. So stick with romaines or um, butter lettuces. Some of the loose leaf type, those are the ones that you can harvest the outer leaves and have a continual harvest. Or some of them, you could harvest the whole head. Don't cut it clear to the soil level, but maybe leave an inch or two. And uh, many varieties will kind of re-sprout so you can Mm. get another crop. But yeah, it's something that you can harvest for quite a long period of time. Some varieties um, don't like the heat, and so you do want to get... Uh, Varieties that will be maturing in the cool season, not in the like something would overwinter and it would be uh, harvesting in late winter, early spring because it's starting to get warm and the lettuce will have a tendency to bolt. So, shoot for shorter season varieties, ones that are harvestable in you know forty, fifty days.
0: Some of my favorite loose leaf lettuce varieties include Ruby, uh, Bib, which is kind of a crunchy lettuce, Salad Bowl, Green Ice, and there's a fairly new one on the market that is very tasty called Salanova.
1: Mm, I grow that almost every year. There's a Salanova red butter, there's a Salanova green butter, and then there's some couple of Salanovas that are more, um, they're not oak leaf, but they're... Um, A little more, not frilly, I can't quite come up with the word, but the one I grow every year is Salanova red butter. And it is not only really attractive, but it's deep burgundy color. Um, Butter lettuce is just kind of rounded leaves. But down in the heart, it's kind of a lime green color. And it's one of those that you can either harvest the whole head or just um, outside leaves. But it's very tasty. I grow that every year. I also like one called Pomegranate Crunch. It's a red romaine that has done really well for me. And Lola Rosa. It's kind of a loosely frilly red in color. And then I have one that not only do I like to grow it, but I like to say it. It's Pharrell and <laughs> It means speckled trout's back. I think it's Swiss or something like that. It's an heirloom romaine that's lime green color with kind of burgundy lashes on it. It does really well.
0: Another easy to grow green, and it comes in some very dramatic colors, is Swiss chard. And it grows mm-hmm. quite well in, in many climates. And there are varieties like bright lights that have these multicolored stems of red and yellow. They're just gorgeous.
1: We grow bright lights, not only um, in my garden, but at the Faroaks Horticulture Center that's maintained by the, the master gardeners it is one we grow every year and it is gorgeous you'll have stems that are bright yellow or some that are orange or some that are red very easy to grow it's also an all-america selection so that means that it has been tested all throughout the country and it grows well throughout the country so everybody can grow it it's also attractive you can put it in your landscape or have it in a container it's just a real beautiful plant and in our climate it will often overwinter and grow through the the next summer.
0: Another leafy green that, uh, besides uh, tasting good, is also very pretty, and that's kale. But there is a rather big difference between the ornamental kale that come in a wide variety of colors (laughs) and just plain green kale, which I think is more edible.
1: Right. The ornamental kale is ornamental. It's a little fibrousy and tough, um, just like ornamental cabbage. I like to grow those in containers or in my landscape in the fall and winter. I won't eat them because they just aren't bred for eating. They're bred for being attractive. So some of the kales that I like are the lacanado, which is the uh, dinosaur kale. Uh, And then Tuscan baby leaf, it's like a miniature lacanado. And I have had luck growing that actually through the summer by growing it in the shade in a container, and I can move it around. And then red boar and red russian, those are ones that are a little more frilly and very attractive as well. So kale is something that can be also grown in a landscape or in a container if you don't have a regular garden you can include it in your landscape.
0: One thing we should mention about all these greens that we're talking about is they'll grow in part shade.
1: Oh, yes, very well. And most of them can grow in containers because they're more shallow rooted typically than our summer crops. You know, tomatoes and peppers have a deeper root system. But most of the cool season vegetables can be grown in a container. Can't be too shallow, you know, but uh, doesn't need to be a great big half wine barrel or anything. It can grow in some smaller containers.
0: We could talk about cabbage. And I'm thinking, well, how about Chinese cabbage? It's so tasty. And it, too, is very pretty. And of the Chinese cabbages, you got bok choy and bok choy and joy choy it's a, a lot of varieties <laughs> the out there yeah there's a lot of joy in that garden
1: that's right yeah and actually we grew one at the Oaks Horticulture Center last year uh, I think we're going at it again this year that happens to be an all-america selection it's um, called Asian Delight bok choy and it was a quick grower and there were mini heads so some of the bok choys and bok choy can get pretty tall This was like six inches tall, and we harvested the whole head, and it grew quickly, and it didn't have a lot of pest problems like some of the other brassicas. And that might have been because it was such a quick grower. It wasn't in the garden over a long season, so maybe that's why it didn't have a lot of pest issues but we were really impressed with it.
0: One thing we should point out about all these greens that we're talking about is if you want to let the plant keep growing, one of the easiest ways to harvest it is to just take the outer leaves and let the interior keep uh, sending up new sprouts.
1: Right. And some of the uh, brassicas, the ones that are in the cabbage family, um, they will all typically overwinter because they're pretty frost hardy. And then what I find is the next year, uh, when you get into late winter, early spring, as the plant is now getting mature and it's starting to bolt, it's starting to send up a flower, it attracts beneficial insects like crazy. So I generally will leave my bolted kale or whatever in the garden um, and let those yellow flowers come and attract the bees. And another thing I've noticed, when I grow lacanado kale, the dinosaur kale, as it matures and starts to bolt, it gets really tall, maybe three feet tall, and then in the nodes where the leaves are, where that's where the little flowers start to come out. But before that flower opens, I cut those off and used them like broccolini. It tastes just like broccolini.
0: Well, now you're going to have to explain what broccolini is.
1: Broccolini happens to be um, a hybrid between broccoli and Chinese kale. And you can find it at the grocery store, uh, typically. And it, it looks like skinny broccoli. You know, it's a small broccoli type head with a long, skinny stem. So it has a broccoli flavor, you know, broccoli kale flavor. And you would cook it just like you would broccoli or saute it. But I get that off of kale. So these are just actually kale flowers that I'm cutting off, but it's before it actually flowers. So it looks like a little broccoli head.
0: Before we leave the world of of cool season greens, let's uh, talk a little bit about spinach. There's a lot of great spinach varieties, the Melody Hybrid, America, Bloomsdale, Longstanding. And uh, they grow quite easily. I I think the big issue with spinach is if you get the real curled varieties, they're rather tough to clean.
1: Right. Um, And another good variety is Thai. It is kind of uh, less crinkly. A little bit easier to clean because it doesn't have all the, the ruffles in it. But thai is a good one as well. So it's a good crop. It's fast growing. And in fact, you don't want it to grow a long time. It does tend to get kind of uh, fibrous and bitter. So grow it harvest it grow another crop you know do succession growing of spinach
0: and that variety again is tyee which is spelled Mm t-y-e-e well gail we've ran through the greens we haven't even gotten to uh, root crops yet or, or flowering cool season vegetables so we're gonna have to bring you back and talk about those okay
1: sounds good absolutely
0: all right that's gail poth our sacramento county master gardener it's a world of cool season vegetables out there that are easy to grow so go for it smart pots are the original award-winning fabric planter they're sold worldwide smart pots are proudly made 100 in the usa smart pots are also bpa free there's no risk of chemicals leaching into the soil your herbs vegetables and other edibles that's why organic growers prefer smart pots smart pots breathable fabric creates a healthy root structure for plants Smart pots come in a wide array of sizes and they can be reused year after year. Speaking of the cold weather that's on the way, if a frost or freeze is in the forecast moving your frost tender plants that are in the smart pots that have handles makes them even easier to move closer to the house for added warmth or you could even move them inside for the winter visit smartpots.com slash fred for more information about the complete line of smart pots lightweight fabric containers it's smart pots the original award-winning fabric planter go to smartpots.com slash fred for more info and that special farmer Fred discount on your next smart pot purchase Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. We're introducing a new segment here on the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred Podcast. It'll be every Friday. We're calling it Fabulous Fruit Fridays. We're going to be highlighting a piece of fruit that's going to be so tasty. You'll want to grow one of those trees in your backyard for the coming season. And to bring us all the good news about all these great varieties is a guy I've known for about 25 years or so. He knows more about fruit trees than anybody I know. He has worked in the industry for years and years and years. Currently, he's with Virtual Nursery. They're the parent company of Tomorrow's Harvest. And we're going to be talking about some really great pieces of fruit as well as sharing some of his long-held fruit tree growing advice that is going to make it ridiculously easy for you to grow fruit trees, no matter the size of your yard. It's Ed Livo, and Ed, this uh, first uh, introductory peach uh, that we're going to be talking about uh, sounds like a winner because it's it's good for a number of uh, USDA zones, what, six through nine?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Six through nine, Fred. It's a it is a winner and it's a winner, you know, of course, because of being one of the unique donut style peaches. And uh, I mean, we should name it. Well, let's call it Scarlet Halo. How does that sound? All right. The Scarlet <laughs> Halo Peach. <laughs> yeah. Scarlet Halo Peach is exciting. I mean, it's a big, big peach. I mean, a big donut style peach. And and definitely the uniqueness of the uh, of this fruit is is it's beautiful red skin. It's deep, deep, dark, dark, mottled red flesh um, that sits on a white background. It's a it's an amazing look. So eye candy, if you will. Just wonderful eye candy.
0: Now, if people don't know what a donut style peach, maybe they think it's covered in glaze or candy sprinkles. Uh, It's not. But uh, explain what a donut peach is.
2: Well, it's actually a flat peach, um, you know, the, and to be exact, the the donut peach is being sold now. It's a very popular um, addition to the um, uh, to the grocery store, many grocery stores now. You can get the uh, flat donut-style peaches. Typically, they're white, but there's yellow varieties as well. Um, and the Tomorrow's Harvest, of course, will be featuring not only the wonderful peaches that are donut-style or flat um, uh, donut-style peaches, and, but they'll also be um, introducing a um, Many incredibly flavored nectarines. I mean outstanding flavored donut style nectarines as well. There's a whole, probably about two, maybe 10 varieties that nobody's ever known that I've went out and just um, kind of brought to the forefront and we are going to have a ball introducing
0: these. If you can grow a peach tree where you live, you can grow the Scarlet Halo Peach. And if nurseries don't have it, I would imagine that uh, they can get it online.
2: Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's Harvest is uh, going to be the launching pad for many of these uh, wonderful varieties of peaches that are coming out of the virtual nursery.
0: If you want to find out more about the Scarlet Halo Peach, visit their website, tomorrowsharvest.com. You can also order it from there as well. Now, I mentioned earlier the fact that besides being an innovator when it comes to fruit varieties, you are an innovator when it comes to helping people grow fruit trees in spaces people would think are impossible to grow. And I think one of the things we should talk about right off the bat, and we're going to be talking about some aspect of fruit tree growing or or berry growing uh, throughout this series on Fabulous Fruit Friday, is the fact that even though these trees can get to a rather large size eventually, like the Scarlet Halo Peach, if you just let it grow, it could get 25 feet high with a 20 foot spread. That takes up a lot of room, but they don't need to be that tall, do they?
2: No, not at all. Not at all. And and like you said, I, I, I've I've always kept my fruit trees short. And when I first came into the industry, I think it was less, um, it definitely wasn't accepted at all. I mean, there was a farming practice and almost a commercial approach to growing fruit trees. And I was adamant at my young age that this really didn't apply to what the home gardener experienced and what the home gardener's challenges were in terms of limited space. And, and if you've got got plenty of space grow your fruit tree any any height you want to but you don't need to grow any fruit tree any taller than you stand with your hands extended above your head that you know and tall people have tall trees and short people have short trees and my trees are all as tall as i stand with my hands extended above my head and that gives you plenty of fruit uh, more fruit than you probably can utilize anyways you've got to experience keeping it short to begin with starting with your you know when you're initially planting the plant and and then of course using techniques to keep it small um, as you grow the tree as the tree matures.
0: We are going to be talking about that in the weeks ahead about uh, some great fruit tree growing tips. Where even if you have a small yard, you can keep a tree at six or seven feet tall and still have enough fruit for your family, like the Scarlet Halo Peach, for example. Ed Liva, we're going to learn a lot on Fabulous Fruit Fridays. I, I'm looking forward to this.
2: I am too, Fred. This is uh, this is unique.
0: It's Fabulous Fruit Fridays, brought to you by Tomorrow'sHarvest.com. Check them out. There's no question that fall is for planting. The air is cooler than summer. The soil is warmer than spring. It's really the ideal conditions for getting your home orchard started with the outstanding fruit and nut trees, as well as berry plants from Tomorrow's Harvest. And that includes that flavorful and productive Scarlet Halo Peach, a Tomorrow's Harvest exclusive. Tomorrow's Harvest fine line of fruit trees is the result of 75 years of developing, testing, and growing. Three generations of the Birchill family have been at the forefront of research and development of these plants with the highest quality. Look for Tomorrow's Harvest fruit trees at Better Retail Nurseries, and if your favorite nursery doesn't carry the Scarlet Halo Peach or any of Tomorrow's Harvest's other fruit, nut, and berry varieties, you can order them directly from tomorrowsharvest.com. Let the Birchill family's three generations of experience take root in your home orchard, landscape, and garden. It's tomorrow's harvest. It's goodness you can grow. If you want to find out more about the Scarlet Halo Peach and many other nutritious and delicious fruit and nut varieties, visit tomorrowsharvest.com. The Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast has a lot of information posted at each episode transcripts, links to any products or books mentioned during the show, and other helpful links for even more information. Plus, you can listen to just the portions of the show that interest you. It's been divided into easily accessible chapters. And you'll find more information about how to get in touch with us. We have links to all our social media outlets, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, a link to the FarmerFred.com website. That's where you can find out more information about the radio shows. You remember radio, right? Now, if the place where you access the podcast doesn't have that information, you can find it all at our home podcaster, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout Buzzsprout.com. Just look for the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday, and it's available just about anywhere podcasts are handed out. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, hey Alexa, play the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, would you please? Thank you for listening, subscribing, and leaving comments. We appreciate it.